Welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. I'm Desi Serna, author of Fretboard Theory, Guitar Picking Mechanics, Guitar Theory for Dummies, and more. This podcast features free guitar lessons that focus on music theory for guitar, including guitar scales, chords, progressions, modes, composition techniques, improvisation, and more. The lessons are geared toward intermediate level players on up. You can follow along on either an acoustic or electric guitar. Bass players can take away a lot from the lessons too. Today's podcast episode is a previous recording in which you learn about dominant function and using dominant seventh chords. This includes instruction on secondary dominance, voice leading, and harmonic minor chord progressions. This lesson is based on my book, Fretboard Theory, Volume 2, Chapter 3. Hi, I'm Desi Serna. In music, we think of chords leading from one to another rather than just being random. And one of the most important leadings is the five chord leading to the one chord, or the, or the dominant leading to the tonic. So for example, in the key of C, C is your one chord, you'd call that your tonic. And the fifth chord is G. And the chord built on, the, the fifth scale degree is called the dominant. So you can call the chord that's built off of the fifth degree the dominant chord. If you add a seventh to it, you call it a dominant seventh. And this dominant chord leads to and wants to resolve back on the tonic chord. And this is a real important uh, function of music. We call it dominant function. And there's a couple reasons why the five chord leads to the one chord. The first reason is because it has what's called the leading tone. The leading tone is the seventh note in the major scale. If you play a major scale and end on the seventh degree, it sounds unresolved. It wants to push toward the tonic note in the scale. So in the C major scale, the leading tone is B. And B is also the third of G. And it's that B note in the G chord that leads back to C, the C chord. So every five chord has got that leading tone in it as the third that leads back to the one chord or every dominant chord, dominant meaning chord built off the dominant pit, uh, dominant degree, the fifth degree, leads back to the tonic. Now you can intensify this leading from five to one by putting a seventh in there. So instead of just playing G major, you could play a G7. And that creates more tension. So now it even wants to resolve back to the tonic chord C even more. 
And the reason why a seventh chord has more tension is because it's got a tritone interval in it. Tri means three, and tone in this case means uh, uh, a whole step. So a tritone is three whole steps. And the tritone occurs in um, a G7 chord between the third B and the flat 7 F. A tritone is also known as an augmented fourth. It's one fret higher than a fourth or a diminished fifth. That's one fret lower than a fifth. And so since a G is made up of G, B, D, and excuse me, since a G7 is made up of G, B, D, and F, you've got that tritone relationship between the B and the F. It also works F, B. And that tension releases when you go to a C chord. So the those are a couple of reasons why a five chord, or more specifically a five seven chord, pushes to and resolves on a one chord uh, so much. And this function in music is really important because in traditional harmony it plays a big role. Now I should point out that seventh chords do not always need to function this way. Um, sometimes we see seventh chords used purely for their sound quality and color, especially in like blues and rock and funk music, you know, something like. Right? So in that case, um, the use of a dominant seventh there is not for the purpose of leading back to a tonic. Um, another example might be something like. bit of CCR there. Again, using a dominant seventh chord, but not for the purpose of it leading to a tonic necessarily. Now in this podcast, I'm going to be focusing more on functioning uh, dominant seventh chords, where they are used to lead, because it's a real important um, aspect of music and harmony. If you want to get into more complex chord progressions, if you want to start, you know, delving into jazz or or country, and then you need to understand dominant function. So, a real simple example of dominant function is when you hear it used in like a two or three chord song, especially at the end of a progression to close it. Something like this. So as I was in the key of C, I used C, F, G, and I put a G7 at the end there. Typical of a uh, closing style uh, progression. If you've ever studied kind of an old-fashioned note reading type guitar book like Mel Bay's Modern Guitar Method Grade 1, you'll notice that it has a lot of old-fashioned folk songs and there's a lot of dominant function in there you know you have songs like he's got the whole world in his hands that sort of thing
that was all just C and G7, the one and five chord, or the tonic and the dominant, with the dominant really just being a change that uh, adds some tension that releases when you go back to the tonic chord. Um, another example might be Ora Lee, that's in the Mel Bay book, you know, Elvis Presley adapt, made an adaptation of that song for his hit single, Love Me Tender. Lots of dominant sevenths in there, and you hear a lot of seventh chords leading to, to tonics. Now, the tonic-dominant relationship in music is so strong that composers will oftentimes use it to lead to other chords. And this is where you get secondary dominance. And let me explain how this works. I'm going to begin by playing a chord progression in C, and I'm going to use all diatonic chords. That means chords drawn straight from the C major scale. I'm going to play C, A minor, D minor, and G. Okay, that would be one, six, two, five. Okay, now I'm going to start to add some dominant function to this. The first thing I'll do is I'll play the five chord as a dominant seventh. So instead of just a plain G, I'll play G7. Okay, so the G7 leads to C. All right? You could also say that it leads up a fourth. The dominant chord leads up a fourth to a tonic. This doesn't just happen in the key of C, it happens in all keys. So, you know, G7 leads to C in the key of C. Um, D7 leads to G in the key of G, right? A7 leads to D in the key of D. These are all 5-1 relationships, dominant. Uh, dominant tonic relationships here. So going back to my progression in C, I could change some of those other chords to have a secondary dominant effect. So for example, I can play C, A minor. Instead of playing a D minor, I could play a D7. Now D7 is not in the key of C. You can't build a D7 chord from a C major scale, but it still works. And the reason why is because D7 naturally pushes to and leads to G, which is the next chord in the progression. And then G7, of course, leads to C. So listen to this sound. This is C, A minor, D7, G7. You'd call this a one, six, two, five chord progression with the two being uppercase Roman numerals and it'd have a seven by it. It's a, it's a, uh, you could say it's a two, seven chord. So it's one, six, two, seven, five, seven. 
Now, even though the D7 is technically not drawn from the C major scale, you would still say that this whole progression is in the key of C because the C chord is still the end goal of the whole progression. It's still functioning as the primary chord in the whole progression here. And we can add another secondary dominant. We can change the A minor to an A7. Because A7 is the five of D. And then of course D7 is the five of G and G7 is the 5 of C. So here now is C, A7, D7, G7. You could call that a 1, 6, 7, 2, 7, 5, 7 chord progression. All those numbers get a little confusing. If you saw this written out, um, it would be uppercase Roman numeral 1, uppercase Roman numeral 6 with a 7 by it, uppercase Roman numeral 2 with a 7 by it, uppercase Roman numeral 5 with a 7 by it. And you can still say this progression is in the key of C because C is still functioning as the tonic chord overall. It's the end goal of the progression. You might even hear the one chord itself uh, used for dominant function. So, for example, let me just go back and review um, the previous progression. A7 leads up a fourth to D. D7 leads up a fourth to G. G7 leads up a fourth to C. Well, C7 can lead up a fourth to F. So sometimes you could be in the key of C and you could play a C7, a C dominant seventh chord, which, which is not naturally drawn from the C major scale. A C dominant seventh chord can lead to F. A one chord, a one seven chord would lead to the four chord. Here's an example. progression overall is still in the key of C. C is the primary chord. It's the end goal of the whole progression. But there was a point in there where I played a C7, which led to the four chord F. I actually started this progression on the four chord F. I went four, five, one, one, seven, four, five, one. I want to point out that secondary dominants are not necessarily considered key changes because overall your tonic can remain the same. However, to a lead guitar player, to a soloist, you have to treat them like a mini key change. So if you're in the key of C, and if you start to alter the chords, make a chord major, you know, or dominant seventh when it would normally be a, a plain minor, then you either need to be careful with your note selection and stay away from any notes that would clash with what's changed in the chord, or you need to change scales. 
jazz players and country players, the types of players that will play over these types of chord changes are usually going to think of them as key changes and they're going to change scales. And what they would do is they would play the proper parent major scale that fits with each dominant seventh chord. So for example, if you're in the key of C, if you're playing over a progression that's C, A minor, D minor, G, or G7, well you can play the C major scale over the whole thing because it's all diatonic. Everything is drawn directly from the C major scale. But when you start altering things, then you got to change your scale. So if you were going to play C, A minor, D7, G7, you got to do something different on that D7. Now remember, the D7 works because it's the 5 chord in the key of G, and it leads to the key of G. So you can actually play the G major scale over it because that's where the D7 it naturally comes from, right? So you'd play G major scale notes over the D7. You might think of it more like D mixolydian mode because your root's D, not G. You could also call it the D dominant scale. That would be the notes of G major, but focusing on D. So if you're playing over the whole progression, you'd play C major over everything, but you got to switch to notes of D, uh, G major, or you got to switch to the D dominant scale on the D dominant seventh chord. So it might sound something like this. That's the C chord, and then A minor. I'm still playing, you know, C major scale notes, but here's the D7. That's where the change is. And then once I get to G7, I'm back to the C major scale. What if you played an A7? What if you put A7 in there? Okay, well A7 doesn't naturally occur in the C major scale, so you still might be able to play C major scale notes over it. If something clashes, you know, you can avoid it, but it's important to understand that many players are going to switch scales. They're going to treat it like a mini key change. A7 is the 5-7 chord from D, so you'd play notes from the D major scale over it, but you probably think of it more like A mixolydian mode or the A dominant scale. So, back to the beginning of the progression. You've got C major scale, then you've got A, uh, the A dominant scale, then the D dominant scale, and then when you're on G, you can think G dominant scale because that's the same thing as C major. You're back to your original scale. Now, jazz and country players aren't going to play straight up and straight up a scale pattern 
like that. They're going to change directions. They're going to make it sound more interesting. They would often probably add in some chromatic passing tones. So if they were playing over those changes, it might sound more like this. Now I'm not going to get into all of the details of putting together lines like that. It's kind of beyond the scope of uh, this presentation here. But it's important to know that if you have an interest in maybe learning how to play like that someday, that you're on the right track here and you need to understand dominant functions, secondary dominants, and how players are going to treat these secondary dominants as many key changes and change their scale patterns as they play over it. Okay, so remember that. When playing over a secondary dominant, you need to switch to its parent major scale. Although secondary dominants work best if they are dominant seventh chords, in some cases they can be simple major chords. This approach works if you're altering a chord that is originally minor. So for example, if you take the two chord, the minor two chord, and you play it as a major chord, it becomes a secondary dominant of five. It's still, it's still going to lead up a fourth, even though it doesn't have that dominant seventh in there. So look out for that, because you'll see a lot of songs that will use secondary dominance in that way as just a plain major chord. Uh, <clears throat> let me give you some examples of songs that use secondary dominance. Uh, and by the way, I have several songs referenced in the book, Fretboard Theory, Volume 2, and I have other types of progressions that use secondary dominance. There's a lot more information on this topic in the book. I'm kind of giving you an overview here in the podcast lesson. But let's just play through a couple of song examples. The first one is Hey Good Lookin' by Hank Williams. It's in the key of C. And it uses a D7, or you could just use a plain D major, that would work too, which is, uh, D is the two chord in the key of C, it's normally minor, but here it's played major, and it's leading up a fourth to the G, which is the five chord, which leads back to the key of C. simple, just a couple of chords. That's a perfect example of a secondary dominant. You hear something similar done in Patience by Guns N' Roses. Now that's actually based in the key of G, although I think they have their guitars tuned down to um, E flat. But it's in the key of G and I believe that the, uh, the verse starts on the four chord. Goes back to the one chord, G. Then it goes to the two chord, and it's played as a secondary dominant, so it's played as major instead of minor. And that leads to the five chord, D. example of how you might see a secondary dominant used. 
Um, you hear a secondary dominant used in uh, Every Breath You Take by the police. The, uh, I believe that's just, I'm not sure if that song was played in the position of A with guitars tuned down to E flat or if it was played in the position of A and they slowed down the recording, but it's, it's either A or A flat or somewhere in between. I'll go ahead and uh, play it in the key of A just to keep it simple here. And it's based on like a one, uh, six, four, five progression. But for the chorus, it goes up to the four chord, and then back to the one. And then for the line, my poor heart aches, it goes to the two chord, which would normally be minor, but here it's major. And it leads up a fourth to E, that's B major leading to E, and E is the five chord, which leads you back to A. Another great example of a secondary dominant would be the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem of the United States of America. Um, it's played in various keys. I play it in the key of E. And all of the melody and all of the chords are completely diatonic right out of the major scale, except for it uses a major two chord. In this case, I'm playing an F sharp, which is leading up a fourth to B, which is the five chord of E. sharp, acting as a secondary dominant leading to B. Now this concept of a dominant chord leading up a fourth works on minor chords too. So you don't always have to use the dominant function to lead up a fourth and then play that chord as major. And a good example of this would be taking the three chord playing it as major or, or a full dominant seventh chord. It'll lead up a fourth to the sixth chord, which is normally minor, and you go ahead and play it minor. So for example, let's say you're in the key of uh, C, so C major scale, and its three chord is E minor, right? Well, you could play that as E major or an E7, and following this um, this function of a of a dominant chord leading up a fourth, it would lead to A. E7 leads to A major in the key of A, but E7 could also lead to A minor. And this is where you get the harmonic minor scale. The harmonic minor scale stems from the natural minor scale, so the sixth degree of a major scale. So for example, the A minor scale becomes the harmonic minor when you raise its seventh scale degree. 
And the reason why you raise the seventh scale degree is because that changes the A minor's five chord. If you're, if you're looking at the A minor as the tonic and you're, and you're calling it one, I have a podcast on renumbering scales and chord progressions. If A minor is your tonic and that's one, then the five chord would be E minor. But if you raise the seventh degree in the A minor scale, you're changing the G natural to a G sharp. If you change the G to a G sharp in the E minor chord, you get an E major chord. And that produces dominant function that has a strong push back to your tonic chord, A minor. Here's A minor, E major, A minor. And of course, it's even intensified when you play an E7, an E dominant seventh chord. And that is known as the harmonic minor sound. And that is the whole purpose of the harmonic minor scale, scales raised seventh. That's the reason why we raise the seventh, so we can get dominant function. And you hear uh, these types of chord changes used all, all the time. In fact, in fact, in the key of A, um, I can give you a couple examples of where you've got an A minor and an E7. Probably the most famous example would be Smooth by Santana. That's an A minor, an F, and an E7, which you can play in various positions. That E7 has a strong push to A minor. It's got that dominant sound to minor. And when you have a dominant sound to a minor tonic, we call that the harmonic minor scale. Now it's important for you lead guitar players to understand that the harmonic minor is actually only applied, usually, temporarily. It's only needed when you're on the 5-7 chord. So if you're playing in the key of A minor, you would use the A natural minor scale. until you get to the 5-7 chord E7, and that's when you would raise the 7th. Whoops. The raised 7th in the, in the harmonic minor scale becomes the 3rd, the major 3rd, in the 5, the five chord, the dominant 5 chord. So it's natural minor until you get to the 5-7 chord. That's when you put in the raised seventh. And you hear this done um, in Smooth by Santana in the guitar solo. It's over the E7 where you hear Santana use the G sharp. You heard me use it right there. That's G sharp. And there it was again. G sharp. That's the the raised seventh in the 
uh, A minor scale, and, the, and it's the third of E. You hear harmonic minor chord changes and all kinds of other songs too. I'll give you a couple more examples. Walk Don't Run by The Ventures uses the chords A minor, G, F, E7 at the end, which leads back to A minor. You could play E major or E7. Another example would be I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, which is also very similar to um, Al Farrell by Santana and also Still Got the Blues by Gary Moore. Um, it's in the key of A minor and it has mostly diatonic chords. It's kind of using this fourths, fifths cycle, playing through chords that are all related to A minor. A minor, D minor, G, C, F, minor 7 flat 5 and then an E7 at the end there's the uh, harmonic minor sound which leads you back to A minor. For I Will Survive it might sound something like this. And I will survive, you actually play an E7 suspended. The G sharp is raised to an A first and then an E7. Those are just a handful of examples of harmonic minor chord progressions, specifically in the key of A minor. You can play harmonic minor in other keys just by pairing up a minor chord with a 5-7. With a so a couple, a couple more examples. For example, in the, in the key of E minor, you'd pair E minor with a B7. You hear this done in Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. seven leading to E minor at the end there. You hear a little bit of it in Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits, this time in the key of D minor. That's relative to F major. So you've got D minor, C, B flat, and then A major. A is the five seven of D minor. You hear some harmonic minor used in Hotel California by the Eagles with a B minor and an F sharp 7. That's the 5 7 chord of B minor. It's kind of interesting that in that song, the F7 doesn't immediately lead back to B minor, but you're still getting that harmonic minor sound, especially, you know, with some of the scale work in the song. 
right? You're hearing B minor arpeggio, and then F sharp major, or F sharp dominant seven. Now sometimes the harmonic minor will be used kind of like a mode where the music will actually center on the 5-7 chord instead of on the, the minor chord. So an example of this would be Miserlou by Dick Dale. It's played over the, the tonic pitch in that song, at least initially, is E, right? <laughs> You've got this melody. And you've got some har uh, harmonic minor scale notes in there. So your, your tonic is E, but it's actually based out of the A harmonic minor scale. But it's centering on the fifth degree E. also has a, a, a D sharp in there, which I suppose um, someone might consider this to be a different scale, or you could think of it as being kind of a flat fifth from A minor. But it is still kind of a good example of, of a uh, using the harmonic minor scale, but centering on the fifth degree. You also hear this done in White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. It centers on an F-sharp chord uh, and a progression that uses F-sharp and G. That's two major chords a half step apart. That's not something that occurs naturally in a major scale. It actually comes from the B harmonic minor scale. With the F sharp being the five chord, the G you could call, you know, the uh, six chord, I guess. It's still in there. And you can play the B harmonic minor scale over this, but in this section of the song, it doesn't even use the B minor chord. Those are just a couple of examples where you might see harmonic minor used where you're actually centering on the 5-7 chord. And that could be considered a type of modal application of the harmonic minor scale. There's lots of different names people have for this. They call it the altered Phrygian scale or um, oh, they call it the, the gypsy scale. The Frigish scale, there's some different names you'll hear thrown around in music theory, music theory circles. I don't think there's really one agreed upon name, name for it. But anyway, it's something to look out for. Another thing that you want to look out for is that you might have harmonic minor occurring in some of the other minor modes. All of the examples I've given you here, we've been playing off of the sixth degree of a major scale producing Aeolian mode or the natural minor. But you might be in like Dorian mode, for example. 
I'm playing A minor 7 and D9. Uh, that would be 2-5 in the G major scale. I'm centering on the second degree of the G major scale, producing Dorian mode. All right, if you renumber, you'd call A minor, which is your tonic chord, 1, and you'd call it D9-4. And you could also put in an E7. That's going to be a 5-7. Um, I think you might hear that might be done in Oye Como Va by Santana. Um, actually, Evil Ways by Santana is played in G Dorian mode using a form of G minor and C major. And I know that at some point it goes to the 5 7 of G minor D. So that's the type of harmonic minor too, and you could play the harmonic minor scale over that change. So whereas you would play G Dorian mode over G minor and C, when it gets to the D7 chord, you could play the G harmonic minor scale. Another option is you could play the G Dorian scale, but you could raise it seventh, which is what you need to create the, the five seven chord. And then you end up making the G melodic minor. So the G harmonic minor would be the G natural minor scale with a raised seventh. And the natural minor scale has a flat sixth in it. And the G melodic minor would actually be like a G Dorian scale, which has a major sixth in it. That's what gives you a major four chord. And then if you raise the seventh, you'd get a G melodic minor scale. Melodic minor is root, second, flat third, fourth, fifth, major sixth, major seven. Some people describe it as a major scale with a minor, minor third. And I'm not going to get into any more theory on the melodic minor. Its usage is common when you get into some uh, jazz styles, but that's kind of beyond the scope. Um, so you won't hear melodic minor used too much in kind of more mainstream music, but um, it is good to know what I just outlined for you right there. Well, with all this talk about dominant function and 5-7 chords, or dominant seventh chords leading up a fourth and pushing to a tonic, I want to point out that sometimes dominant seventh chords fit in for another reason, and it's not for traditional dominant function. And an example of this would be voice leading. Voice leading is when you have uh, um, certain notes or pitches or melodic lines 
that kind of transition from chord to chord. And sometimes you can have a set of chord changes that works because it's because uh, it fits around a melodic line, and you end up having a dominant seventh chord in there, but the seventh chord isn't isn't leading up a fourth. And here's a good example. I'm going to play the chord C E7 F G C. Now those chords work really well together. I'm primarily in the key of C here, but E should be E minor, the three chord, but instead I played it as E7. Now normally an E7 would want to lead to some type of A, either A major, E7 is the fifth of A, or A minor, like A harmonic minor. But in this case, the E7 was followed by F, and it seemed to work really well too. And the reason why is that these chords are connected by this chromatic voice leading melodic line that sounds like this. Each chord has got those, one of those melody notes in it, and the melody note that falls on the E chord is G sharp, which makes the E minor chord major or dominant seven. And that's why that works so well. And you hear something similar done in John Lennon's Imagine, in Oasis's Don't Look Back in Anger, um, and some other songs. I've got more listed in the book where a 3-7 chord leads to 4. So you might think, hey, this is breaking the rules of dominant function here. I would expect it to lead up a fourth. But in this case, the 3-7 uh, the chord usually works well with the 4 chord because of voice leading. And I have more information on voice leading in the book. I'm not going to get into all of it here, but uh, I do talk a little bit about voice leading. I talk about the beginning of Stairway to Heaven and some other tunes um, where you have sets of chords that normally wouldn't make sense together because they don't really fit into one key. Um, often chords where you've got chromatic lines, you know, but, but they sound so beautiful together and the reason is because they, you have voice leading at play. So I recommend that you look at the book for more on that topic. Well, this about wraps up this guitar lesson, and hopefully you know more about dominant seventh chords and dominant function and secondary dominance, and you understand how dominant function plays a very important role in music and affects how chord progressions are composed and affects how lead guitar players would choose scales to play over certain progressions. This concludes today's episode. Please rate this podcast and leave a positive review. Be sure to join my email list at guitarmusictheory.com 
in order to receive free guitar lessons and learn more about my instructional books and videos. Once subscribed, you're welcome to reply to any message with questions, and I'll get right back to you. Once again, the website is guitarmusictheory.com, and I'm Desi Serna. Keep listening, and let me know if you need any help.